All right, let's look at the, uh, some scriptures this morning. Hallelujah. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of the shadow of death, upon them a light has shined. Now, when you read these, you can see the extremity of the situations. All right? You can see that. Rise and shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and great deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Oh, hallelujah. Of life. For it is God who commanded the light, commanded light to shine out of the darkness. Everybody say, out of the darkness. Oh. Yeah. Who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Thank you for your word today, Father, in Jesus' name. The title of my message is not just a title. It is a prophetic word. That God wants to place in our souls... Help us to run in the race. To give us a sense of confidence. And you may write it down. And we will preach from this concept and this idea. But he said... Do not be afraid of the darkness around you. Do not be afraid of the darkness around you. How many think that's a good truth? Absolutely. There's plenty of darkness in the world. And that some darkness can make you tremble. It can generate fears. Circumstances arise that seem to battle against. As Scott talked about that other pursuer. What is darkness? Just a few things. It's the lack of illumination. It carries with it the struggle in unbelief, blindness, and particularly regarding Scripture and the Word, depression and fear, loss of dream or hope, 
living apart from God, having a closed mind and heart, can be a famine for the Word of God, and also sinful behaviors. There's darkness. Darkness that sometimes ravages families. Diseases. That take lives before a normal life is lived out. Divorce rates that rips apart families. Conflicts, not only racial, but people. A darkness is so deep that a hundred thousand babies are aborted every day around the world. We see. We even feel the power of darkness and its effects. And underneath all of this darkness, there lies an even darker force. In Ephesians chapter 6, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age against spiritual hosts how many know that host is more than one it says and the host of heaven appeared to the shepherds and began to sing I'm not here to tell you this morning that it is a small army. But I'm here to tell you that it is a defeated army. I'm here to tell us this morning that we do not have to be afraid of the darkness. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Jesus Christ came to give light in the darkness. And here is the beauty of the power of Jesus Christ is that just because there's darkness in sin, it does not have to touch you to sin. Jesus was not touched by sin even though he endured sin. Somebody give the Lord a praise. I hope you catch that there. You and I got to endure sin. We got to endure darkness. But it is not our master. 
light has come and shined in our hearts. When light moves in from Genesis chapter 1, we discover that it brings order to chaos. How many think we need some light today? How? Talk about chaos and confusion. When light moves in, it brings truth, you know, instead of a lie. It brings love instead of hate. It brings peace instead of turmoil. It brings joy instead of sadness or sorrow. <coughs> Excuse me. It brings righteousness instead of sinfulness. It brings light to the darkness. Jesus came to give light to those who sit in darkness. As the Father has sent me, so send I you. Don't be afraid of the darkness. I send you to give light in the darkness. Woo! Hallelujah. So many times here we get, we want to get rid of the darkness. When first of all, we just must be light in the darkness. Surrounded by darkness, yes, but that does not prevail against the light that has been given to us. Because you and I do not have to face the darkness alone. Not at all. I love it. It says that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Church, you are not living in darkness. You are living in light. Now, as Scott said, there is that pursuer that's endeavoring to snuff out, endeavoring to diminish the rays of your light. But do not fear the darkness that's around you. Because when he rose from the grave, he proved that the greatest darkness does not have power when the resurrection life of Christ enters into the believer. Oh, yes. You have a light within that is shown in your hearts. I love what Paul said. Why we don't have to fear because neither death nor life nor principalities or powers or things present, things to come, height or depth, any other created thing that which you may see or not see, it cannot separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Oh, yes. 
Jesus. Why is this such an important subject? Jesus constantly had to address the element of fear in his disciples. Fear not. Don't be afraid. Be strong. Be courageous. Is the prophet said, arise and shine for your light has come. You have to arise because the light has come. You don't have to wait for the light to come. It is here and it has shined. Where? In your hearts. In your hearts. There is an illuminating factor inside of us that dispels what darkness can do and darkness that would make us afraid. It dispels that because if we are in him, We don't need to be afraid of the darkness. For Ephesians says, you once were darkness, but now are light in the Lord. I love it. There's a power of your light. Your light is sent to not only light your pathway, but it also is sent to reveal the darkness. Without the contrast, you wouldn't know the difference. Amen. But then he says, he's talking to believers. Awake. You that are sleeping. Let the alarm go off, and Christ will give you light. So basically saying that the arenas or areas that you need a clarity or light, you first of all need to stop retiring in your spirit. Hallelujah. I don't mean to sound harsh this morning. That's my voice. Somebody give me something in the travels of life and... uh, I said I was not going to be that generous with it. I'm not going to give it away. So if I don't shake your hand, you'll you'll be you'll bless me later. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah! Yes, things are exposed or made or exposed by light. Darkness, of course, is. So many things. But let's understand darkness today. A perspective of darkness. Why you don't need to be afraid of the darkness. And you need to read darkness right. There are so many things, but I'll give you a few. When there is darkness, it is telling you that the people have forgot God. Yes, Psalms 9. The nation that forgets God shall be turned into hell. We know what pathway they're going. 
They don't. We do. The power of darkness also makes a person blind to reality. Yes, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 33, in the morning you say it will be foul weather today for the sky is red and threatening. Come on, he says. You know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the time. I'm not saying I like darkness. I'm not saying, you know what I mean, that darkness is fun. But he says you need to be able to read what the darkness is telling you. Oh, hallelujah. Because darkness produces moral decline. So we can see what, where we're at. Let us walk properly as in the day. Not in revelry and drunkenness and lewdness and lust and strife and envy. Those are not daytime walkers. I'm not going to read all of them from Romans chapter 1. Darkness tells us the lateness of the working day. John chapter 9, verse 4, it says the night comes when no man can work. How many know there's a right time to work? How many know that you need to get more energetic if you're going to finish the day's work when the night begins to settle in greater and greater? Might have to work in too. Past 4.30. Not literally. Why is it so important? Because we're the lights for the darkness. The lights for the darkness. We're the truth for the lie. We're the hope for the hopeless. The thing about darkness, if you let it creep in, it causes spiritual sleepiness. Yes. Not only causes spiritual sleepiness, but it causes a, a drunken behavior. Could develop that, but therefore let us not sleep as others do. All oh, church. Everybody's not awake. Some are sleeping. It's not too hard, is it? That's what the Bible says. Take it up with God when you get there. 
Some are sleeping. There's a sleepiness. But he says, you know what? You need to watch. Watch and be sober. Know what to do. Be awake. Be alert. We live in a world of darkness because darkness causes chaos and evil works. I haven't been to the foreign fields. I'm not talking about the foreign fields. I just came from, from mission conferences that were just, you know, in the foreign fields. But I'm talking about the foreign field right here in America. The chaos of the evil works. Darkness tells us where to shine the light. Where to shine the light. And not only where to shine the light, but what light to shine. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my pathway. Years ago, the cart was often before the horse, and where we wanted to clean up the sinner before we could get the sinner saved. <laughs> and God says, No, let's just get him saved. The cleanup will come. <laughs> yeah. Paul says, Look at you. You were just like them. And now you're not. Look at your path. Look at your journey. You weren't Mr. and Mrs. Righteous. Well, I shouldn't use Mr. and Mrs. That's, that's the, uh, brother and sister righteous. You were just a fish that was caught, put in the boat, and you still had your scales on you, you know what I mean? And you're still, you still were just alive and just rejecting, and you know, I don't like this. I'm out of water. And you know that darkness tells you Jesus is coming. Yeah, Jesus is coming. For yourself, you yourselves know that he comes as a thief in the where? <laughs> is he coming between six at night and six in the morning? No. <laughs> He's coming when it's dark. 
when he's coming for the light. He's coming for the light. Yes. You see, there will be darkness all around you because you are not the sun. You are just a star. Yes. You were made for this darkness. Young people, middle-aged and senior citizens, This is our hour to shine. You were made for this time. Jesus said, I do not pray, Father, that you would take him out of the world. But I do pray that you would keep him from the world. Yeah. I send them there, Lord. I just want to encourage your heart that you belong. Jan, you belong in that salon. You belong, Jolene. We go through each one. You belong. That darkness likes to tell you you're not doing any good. You're not effective. You know what I mean? Even when darkness or when light comes, there's still days of creation that have to go on. the process and and there's first of all there has to be light come before you can even see what God would be creating let's say for instance that God would have went ahead and on the first day I forget I don't have it there what he created on the first day second day wouldn't have been able to see it so he had to create light first First thing he does, I mean, is create light. It says that the light shined out of the darkness. You and I as light shine into the darkness, but the switch must be turned on from within. It said it shined out of the darkness to give light in the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. They go, oh, I see. I remember my pastor in the cities through through when I was just a young man. I'm still a young man, of course, but... (laughs) Right? <laughs> yeah. He said, he said, I, you know, he had, he, he had preached for 50, 60 years already, you know what I mean? So I'm not even there yet, folks. All right? 
But anyway, he said, you know, I can teach on something for, for three years. And then a outside ministry will come in and preach on it. And they go, whoa. Well, the light was turned on inside. Yeah. There's got to be a sowing. There's got to be watering before there can be a reaping, right? Hallelujah. How to shine the light. Listen. Seeds of light are planted in the darkness. Seeds of light are planted in the darkness. Woo! Hallelujah. Remember that the smallest flame can be seen from a distance when it's dark. That's not cute phrases, folks. That's the power of light. Got to learn to shine. You got to put your light on a candlestick. You got to put it out in the midst of the room. Thank you, Jesus. That those who come in may see it. Oh, hallelujah. You haven't said a thing to the people that come in the room yet. Well, there's something that they see that to them is a light. You see, light shines best through a happy countenance and a good attitude. What are you happy about? He said, you give an account of what makes you happy, and that's your hope. If you listen to the news, I don't recommend it. (laughs) It's darkness. (laughs) Yes. You'll get a picture of the fear that darkness is generating across the land in the hearts of people. 
Let darkness inspire you, not discourage you. Yes, let it inspire you. If you listen to the news, all you'll hear is majoring on the darkness. Words of major on the light has come. Yes. You see, darkness does not reveal darkness. You can talk about the darkness. You can point out the darkness. You can bewail the darkness. You know what I mean? And nobody knows this darkness. It's only when you talk about the light that it becomes apparent that it's dark. Because darkness is not a thing in itself. It is purely the absence of light. <coughs> Hallelujah. For a minute, let's let me talk about the cross. Of course, the triumph, the victory of the cross, the empty tomb. I want to see what you think of this. You don't have to come up to me afterwards and tell me because I want to have a good week, okay? (laughs) The cross is not in the world. The cross is in the believer. The cross is in the believer's life. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I. But Christ lives in me. In the life I live, I now live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, for we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. The light, the cross's manifestation, it's going to come through your mortal flesh. There was a phrase years ago that you're so heavily minded, you're no, you're no spiritual or uh, no earthly good. <laughs> yeah. Are you getting that? Take up your what? 
cross. Follow me. And so many times that's just, you know, boxed into your mission. And I'm here to tell you that it's your life. Life comes before mission. The cross is my life. The cross life leads to resurrection power. That I might know him in the cross life, the fellowship of his suffering. That I might experience the power of his resurrection. Ephesians says, He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that worked in us. And then he goes on to say, and he connects it directly to the cross, the blood of Jesus, and the resurrection. Paul said, I pray that your understanding would be opened. That there would be some, you know, illumination that would place always moving forward one of my favorite uh, passages of scriptures in relationship to this is Isaiah chapter 58 When light comes, it is not a put down. It is a helping hand that's lifting up. In that passage of scripture in Isaiah 58, it talks about the fast that we've chosen, etc. And I've capsuled this this way. Okay. And that is proper, caring relationships cause divine recovery. Proper, caring relationships cause divine recovery. Loose the bands of wickedness. Undo the heavy burdens. Let the oppressed go free. Break every yoke. Oh, yes. Share your bread with the hungry. Bring them to your house and love them to death. Their love them to life is better. Amen. Then he says, and your light shall break forth like the noon day sun. It's no longer just a candle on a stick. It is a sun lighting the whole domain and area of your world. Thank you for always caring. Thank you for always giving. Thank you for loving. Thank you. But you see, Isaiah is telling us this is the work 
that proceeds the increase of light in the darkness. Then shall your light break forth. The areas, wasted places, those er- that area that's ruined by sin, but yet needs a revival of the heart. Repairs of the breach and the restores of path. I think that is a return to the handbook of heaven, which is the Bible, the word of God. Remember the story of Josiah. The word of God had been lost in a nation. Josiah, just a boy, comes on the scene and there was some investigating house cleaning, I guess. And the book of the law was found. Surprise and excitement. They bring it to the king and he's just a young boy. It's read to him. When he hears it, he begins to make decrees of change. And the Bible becomes a book that's read again. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) A book that's read again. I don't care if you read it on your phone, your laptop, your iPad. (sighs) I don't. I don't even care if you're listening to do it. You know what I mean? On the... Sometimes those guys move so fast, though, that you really can't pick it up. Sometimes you need to stop and meditate. (laughs) Yeah. You see, we are to build bridges, close gaps, Repair and restore lives. Amen. We are to be building bridges, not just battling the current. Let me say it again. We're to be building bridges and not just battling the current. He leads us in triumphal procession. Focus more on the light than on the darkness. Amen. How can we shine better? I don't want anybody pointing fingers this morning. Do all things without complaining and murmuring. You 
your coffee time at work, whatever the gathering may be, do all things without complaining and murmuring. Because if you don't, your light begins to dim. That you may be blameless, harmless, children of God without fault. Oh, you're being pretty tough, Pastor. Well, God seems to think that this is key. in shining our light to a crooked and perverse generation. Because it says, among whom you shine as lights in the world. I believe that to shine we must be counter-cultural. Romans chapter 13, it says, For the night is far spent, the day is at hand. That is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry, drunkenness, lewdness, lust, strife, and envy. He says, put it off. Get rid of it. (laughs) But I'm a believer, Pastor. Yeah, but God wants your light to shine. reason we don't because we're afraid of the darkness we don't want to take persecution for from the darkness for being counterculture we don't want our finger pointed at us you know what I mean that's one of those crazy believers one of those Jesus people It's not all about you, and it's not all about me. It's all about the darkness. Are you hearing me, church? It's about the darkness. Let's say you make it through okay. But what about those that are in darkness? They need a light. They don't know the difference. They can't see the difference. If there's no light, you know what I mean? And everything is darkness, they don't even have an option to choose the light. I'm not talking about don't do this and don't do that. And, you know? I'm talking about simple stuff. Stop your complaining. Stop your whining. Get happy. Oh, but you don't know my situation. 
Yes, I do. You're children of light. You got to put yourself out there. Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. Put yourself out there. Well, I just, I'm going to get myself too deep if I just keep following all those things. I asked my musicians to come this morning. Oh, hallelujah. I, yeah, I, I, definitely, I definitely better not go over there. Come in the watch calls. I'm going to close with a. I do not believe, just in case, you know, the enemy has already talked into your ear and told you, you know, something that he's a he's a real liberal. <laughs> I do not believe that we dodge biblical standards. Whether of morality and right, living in an attempt to relate to the lost. The lost does not need darkness. The lost needs light. Amen. There must be an appreciable difference between the Christian and the non-Christian. This whole message of the cross is foolishness to the unbeliever. It will not always be accepted with readiness. That's okay. Don't stop shining. (laughs) Don't stop shining. The gospel sometimes can be offensive. Don't give me that Jesus stuff. Well, that's all I've got to give is the Jesus stuff. (laughs) He becomes at times an offense and a stone of stumbling. Give the gospel in the purity and so that it's not how you handle it that's offensive. Somebody say good preaching, Pastor. (laughs) Really, you know, how you present it. Now, I'm going to tell you a story. Read you a story. If I was to tell you a story, I would have forgotten half of it, so story about a light bulb. This light bulb went to a self-help meeting to learn about its inner capacity for light. It read books about how to get brighter. Every morning the light bulb would get up and recite positive affirmations. I'm a light bulb. I believe in myself. I will shine. And still nothing happened. 
the light bulb eventually got weary, discouraged. It began to doubt who it was and what it could do. Fortunately, as you stand with me, one day that light bulb was carefully placed in a fixture. Light burst forth and filled the room. And the light bulb finally understood the key was not to try harder, but to plug in to the light source. Give the Lord a praise this morning. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. But he said, in me, all things are possible. I'm not exactly sure what the darkness might be for you this morning. Well, the arena that you're praying for light into, whether it be the darkness of the soul, whether it be the shadow, whether it be circumstances, situations, whether it be health, where the shadows of death begin to creep in, impairing the sight and the scene. The word for you and me and all of us this morning, it's not the only word in God's arsenal, but it is this. Do not be afraid of the dark. Hallelujah. Let your light shine. I might be like Paul said, I might end up a sh in a shipwreck, but I'm going to get on dry ground sooner or later. <laughs> Maybe you've been running from God. And God's prepared a great fish. And in that fish is just all tanglements. And, you know, I mean, nothing. The world is, it's not your world. And God is waiting for a proper response for you to land you on the shore of your tomorrows. Oh, hallelujah. You can do this. You can do it. Oh, let's sing a song. Don't be afraid. Some people are afraid. The kid's gonna go here, the kid's gonna go there. Don't be afraid. Shine the light. How many believe it this morning? 
And if I feel, a, if I seem a little more forceful, I'm just trying to obey God. You know what the Bible says that we're to compel them? It doesn't say just give them a, you know, distant invita invitation. It says compel them. Yeah. Compel them. Why? My grandson sent me a plaque that he bought. I'll preach on it. Not this morning, though. <laughs> this young man, the heart for God, he says, God has a vision far greater than your sight. Eye has not seen and ear not heard the things that God has prepared for those that love him, but he wants to reveal them to us and he does it by his spirit. Hallelujah. Don't retire in your spirit. And God can't do anything without your body. Go with God. Hallelujah. Because he's going to chase you down. <laughs> Amen. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.